welcome to JC's Creek. My name is Emily. I am the host of this podcast. Today we are doing season two, episode nine, called The Election. It came out on December 16th, 1998. This episode is about how Andy persuades Joey into being running mate in the student body election, pitting them against the popular ticket of Abby and and Chris. Andy and Joey and Pacey and imply that Andy, Abby's smear campaign will dry up Joey's spotty history, but completely unappeared when Abby turns the spotlight on Miffy's. Meanwhile, Jen, we don't care about Jen or Dawson, so that is the moral of this episode, and we're going to get right into it. But if you have not already, make sure to follow my Instagram, that's Winter and Potter. And if you have not followed my TikTok, that's Pacey and Joey. And make sure to subscribe so that way you can catch an episode every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And without further ado, let's get into it. Alright, so the first thing that we see is Andy running up to Joey. Which is, uh, this is kind of the first time that we ever seen that. And Andy goes, hey, Joey, I was hoping to see you today. I mean, I see you every day, but this is different. And Joey's like, slow down. It's 7 a.m., which I always wonder what time they went to school, which I guess this kind of answered my question. And Andy says, okay, well, let me explain. Last night, I had a hard time sleeping, which is really strange for me because usually I'm out like a light. But anyway, I was laying there, and all of a sudden, I had this idea I know this is going to sound really strange, but it involved you, which I love how Annie just thinks about Joey automatically when <laughs> when she just, like, thinks about this campaign and how she was going to get there. And Joey says, it's kind of early and good day, Andy, but thanks for sharing. And Annie goes, let me explain. This is important. Student council elections are right around the corner, and I was thinking... I can make a lot of positive changes as sophomore class president. I love how they're only in 10th grade. I forget that every single time. I'm like, oh my goodness, they're only in 10th grade and all this happens. A lot of, like, that means that I always forget this and then it randomly pops up in my head that Tamara and Pacey were in, like, he was in 9th grade and now he's in 10th grade and now Joey's in 10th grade. I'm like, that is so weird. That is so weird to me. Anyway, and Andy goes, and, or Joey goes, and, and Andy goes, and a really great presidential candidate really needs a good running mate. That's, that would be you. And Joey goes, no way. Forget about it, Andy. I do not want to do student government, which I feel like Joey would, would it, she wouldn't do bad at it, but I really feel like it would just kind of make her nervous. Um, but I feel like she would also be a little bit serious because in season one, there was something where she was talking to the whole class and they were just throwing things at her and she just, she was confident with herself, but not really at the same time. But I feel like Andy is such like a good running campaign member that she would just automatically get it. And Andy goes, no, 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 Joey, I checked your GPA and you are top 3% of your class. You have a responsibility to let the academic less fortune beyond it from your wisdom. We all know what happened when Joey made top of her class. She ended up drunk in season four <laughs> with Pacey, but that's not how it goes here. And Joey says, maybe you haven't heard, Andy, 
but I'm not actually Miss Colleen of Capeside, okay? And adding my name to your ticket will only make here seem a loss, and everyone knows my sort of family history. I, I don't like how Joey just automatically goes to her family history. I feel like there's a lot of things that just goes on with her life that she just kind of dismisses it because of her dad or anyone else. And she does this a lot where she'll be like, oh, I don't know, like, I just feel like this wouldn't work out because of my family X, Y, and Z. I'm like, why do you always have to drag into your family? It's either her dad, her sister, her mom. It's always someone in her family. Or it's always Dawson. Jack or J Pacey or whatever she always drags people into it and we keep saying that over and over again but the family thing sticks from season one to season two and this is about the 50th time we have seen this part where she goes oh you don't want that because of my family and I'm like girl no one no one cares no one notices that stuff but maybe they do I don't know in real life they don't and Andy goes, look, in high school, Corona's church, it's ancient, ancient history. See, what did I just say? It was ancient history, and Andy just said that. And Andy continues by saying, and your average teenager has an attention span of under two seconds. You got a clean slate, Joey. So, will you at least think about it? And they walk into school, and Joey said, look, I'm flattered, Andy, but I'm only going to screw up your chances. Trust me, I gotta go. She hurries off. And for me, I feel like Andy kind of, Andy did a really good job with asking Joey, but I feel like Joey always runs away from her problems. We have talked about this, I believe, last episode, where Joey just kind of runs away from what she thinks is right and wrong. And in this thing, she could have really made something good out of it, but instead she made something bad out of it. Uh, she always thinks that she's right, and therefore, like, she can't do anything because she has to run away from it. She did that with Dawson in a couple episodes. She now does that with her own life. Like, she does this a lot. And I feel like with her saying no, it's like, why are you ruining this opportunity for yourself? Seeing that we see is a Pacey, and Pacey rounds around the corner and he catches up to Andy and he kisses her on the neck which is spicy and Andy says hey you and Pacey says what's shaking my feet which I love when he ever, whenever he says that and Chris hands Andy a flyer and Chris says hey man vote for Abby for Chris and Abby on election day and Abby goes wherever you go Pacey the, sh the shatter votes follows and Pacey says and once again Abby you're Oh, Abby said that, and then <laughs> Pacey replies to Abby by saying, Once again, Abby, your actual imprint charm shines its way through, and Andy laughs. And Pacey says, Fabulous. James Bond and Prince Galone are going to rule our class. And Andy goes, Not necessarily. And then Pacey asks, Who's going to beat them? And Andy says, Me. And Pacey says, Yeah, right. I like how... Pacey just went, no, you're not, <laughs> that's not it, that's not it at all, and Andy goes, no, I'm serious, Pacey, and Pacey said, what same person would want to waste her time on school politics when they could oddly have been spending oodles of times with me, I love how he says oodles, like, I understand, at first I was like, why did he just say, <laughs> no, but <laughs> I realized that he just wants to spend quality time with her, and this is how he says it, and I love how he says oodles, <laughs> that will forever make me laugh the first time I heard that I was like oodle what okay and Annie continues by saying Annie 
because it follows all into my master plan. School politics looks great on cal- college applicants. Um, so first I want to say that I cannot pronounce that, but I have never had to apply to a college. Like, I had to apply, like, apply to a college, but it was a community college, and I'm pretty sure they never looked on school politics for it, but also it wasn't, like, Harvard or anything, so. And Pacey says, who's your running mate gonna be? And Andy says, still working on that one but you're going to be my campaign manager. I like how she distresses Pacey with this. Like, it generally kind of makes my heart just go, okay, go Andy, go Pacey. And Pacey says, I am. And Andy says, yep, because I wouldn't want us to miss out on our oodles of time, quality times. I love how she added that in there. Like, go Andy. I'm, I'm proud of you right there. But I really do like how she, like, makes Pacey a part of it, but she also makes joey a part of it so that makes my heart happy but also i love how she takes what he says and makes it all flirty so you know what i mean couples couples the next scene that we have is of joey and it cuts to the ice house with jack and joey can i just take a moment to say that i watched the fosters today and guess who appeared on my tv screen Jack Miffy. Um, it was Callie's dad, which if you haven't seen the Fosters, it's basically about this girl who had like a foster system because her mom passed away because her dad got drunk and killed her mom and so he had to go to jail and she has this brother like little brother but in the storyline right now her brother got adopted and now she has to look for her biological dad and it happened to be jack mcphee which obviously that's not his real name his real name is carrie smith i swear i have known i haven't known dawson's creek my whole life but all the main characters have been in my life at least one time because jack mcphee or carrie smith or whatever his name was he is, like, the main character on both of the shows that I watched when I was little. The Fosters, well, I say little, but I was, like, 13. And, um, The Fosters and Life Unexpected. And I never knew, and I was like, dang, he's been in my life for a very long time. So, anyway, Joey says, Did you inherit your clumsy genes from your mother or father? I mean, Annie's not clumsy. A little high strain, but not clumsy. That's so mean. And Jack sets one and knocks the whole thing down. Which is mean because she had no idea, like, that his family was just messed up. And Jack goes, alright, best two out of three. Loser cleans the deep fryer. And Joey says, seriously, I mean, I take after my mother. Who do you take after? Your mother or your father? I'm guessing it was your mom. I feel like Joey didn't mean to be mean. I feel like she was just honestly curious. And Jack goes, okay, you win. I'll clean the deep fryer, but I'm a little fuzzy on the process, so you might want to stay up late and help me with the proper process. And Joey goes, how do you do that? And Jack goes, what? And Joey says, every time I ask you something a little personal, you manage to change the subject and not answer. Because she does, because he doesn't want to answer, Joey, which would actually frustrate me. I hate when people do that. Like, they, like I'll ask them a question, and they just change the subject. Why did you change the subject on me? I never asked you to. 
And Jack replies to this by saying, Are you saying I purposely tanked the coffee creamer tower? And Joey, he says, Joey, I'm insulted. And Joey says, Seriously, Jack, I mean, we talk all the time, but whenever it starts to get a little deep, you get all weird and vague. You know, I have asked you six questions tonight, and you haven't answered one. And Jack says, Well, that's because you have to ask me seven. You see, seven is the magic number. Changing the subject again. And Joey says, Here we go again. Why, why, why do you make light out of everything? And Jack says, because I'm a loaf, introvert, and unsociable. So, there, I answered. I feel bad for Joey, because she just honestly wants to know the answer of this. But we already know from, like, Pacey's scenes that obviously there's something going on with the McVie household because of her, with their dad and everything that goes on. And obviously we see Jack with his father and everything but it just makes me think about how like you don't really want to talk about this stuff because one it makes you think that just because someone sees your family that means that you don't want to be a part of it so we talked about this last episode where Pacey was helping Andy's mom and Andy was like Andy talks about this later how he said good with her mom but you get so scared sometimes that your life is going to be so scary when people see the real side of you. When people know what your family is like, that they're going to judge you automatically and take a part of it and be like, oh, I don't want to spend time with he, like him or her. And it's hard because you're like, well, what's the purpose of me hanging out with people and talking about it if I... But they just always run away. And I feel like especially with parents that do run away, you don't want to talk about that. Like, I don't want to talk about my mom because obviously there's stuff going on. But it's like, why would you want to talk about someone who abandoned you? And I feel like that's how his how he feels about his father. But his mother is sick. So he his father abandoned someone who was sick. And when Joey asked that, it was just something that really hurt him. So then the scene continues by... Jack saying, because I'm a loaf, an introvert, and unsociable, so I answered. And then Abby and Chris walk in, and they take a seat. And Abby goes, excuse me, could we get a couple of menus over here? And Joey looks at them disgusted, and she hands two menus. And Abby says, probably not with yesterday's special rotting on them. And Joey hands her another one. And Chris goes, why'd you bring me to this dive? And Abby says, because we have to talk about strategy and private. And you can count on this place to be deserted. This service and he is here is worse than the food. And obviously that really triggers Joey because she turns around and walks back to the counter. And Jack says, so you're content on letting those two represent your class? And Joey says, they're not the only ones running Jack. And Jack laughs and says, oh, please, can he rival the guy that has no clue? Where's your sense of civil duty? And Joey struggles. And Joey says, I don't know. I've never been one to, you know, get involved in school activities. And Jack says, well, you, you shouldn't turn into, you, well, you haven't, well, you weren't into art recently. Maybe that changed. And Joey says, yeah, but student government is a huge leap, Jack. Okay, also I want to say that art and government is two different things, and I hope Jack knows that. Like, art is, like, a big thing, but, okay. And then he continues by saying, J Jack says, yeah, but you should run. Annie, Annie needs you. 
and Abby is listening and Jack says, you know, she's new here. It'll be hard for her to get votes, but you, you have this amazing girl next door quality. If you want to close that, which is awesome, but okay. And he concedes by saying, this is your chance to make a difference. For your talent to raise into occasions. Don't limit yourself, Joey. You're born a leader. I love how Jack always believes in her. Like, every single time, he just believes in her. Even when they, like, don't, aren't together, they're later best friends. And you can just tell that they always care about each other. And Abby cuts in because she can, says... Yeah, more like born a loser. You actually think that you have any chance of running against me? Get real. You throw the trash out. You don't get a vote in. Which, dang girl, no one's talking to you. And Joey says, back off, Abby. And Abby says, the truth hurts. Well, if you want to embarrass yourself in front of your family and even further in nature intended, then by all means, throw your amazing girl next door quality into the ring. Hey, what's one more disappointment in a, in a major meeting to distress? And Joey takes a picture of water she's holding and dumps it on Abby. Yep, that's right, folks. Can we get a round of applause for Jelly Potter over here who dumps the picture on Abby? Like, let's go. You know that TikTok sound where it says, go little rock star? It's actually Pope Star. But that's what I think about in my head. I'm like, go little Pope star and abby goes oh you're dead and chris and abby leaves and joey walks towards jack and joey says tell andy i'm in and she walks off and jack laughs so first of all i love how joey just always does that she always speaks her mind and just goes with things and she didn't let abby's word really affect her i mean in a way she just pours the picture on her and goes you know what screw you i'm doing this and i i feel like jack kind of did something there because he said like don't look like you gotta do this and he needs you and she was like that and a combination of abby's, abby's criticism it really worked out for her and for andy so the next scene that we see is um uh, pacey and Andy's sitting at a table in Cape Side. And Andy says, Okay, I need you to start passing out these flowers and these posters up. I want to get them all over Cape Side, not just high school. Who else cares other than the high school? But okay. And Pacey says, You know, on this book that I picked out on clinical campaign, they said that this thing can get really ugly. So are there... So you're going to have to start playing hard. And Andy goes, Pacey? And Pacey says, Yeah. And Andy says, you're done research. And Pacey says, yeah, you've been a bad, bad influence on me. And they kiss. And Andy pulls away. And Pacey's disappointed because Andy continues by saying, oh, and you know, I want this campaign to take a real high toll. I still believe that a campaign formed in an intelligent is normal. And to be expected and not just some character prick or promptness. I mean... My goal is to make a government good and safe again. I love how she's talking about high school, but okay. And Pacey says, my God, you know the ways these sound bandits just blow out of your mouth? You could come in the future, and your Cecilia is so appealing sexy. And Annie says, your sexiness is so appealing sincere. And Pacey says, you think I'm sexy, huh? What's so sexy about me? And Annie says, how smart you are. And then they lean in to kiss, and guess who comes in in this scene with the 
Jelly Potter. Jelly Potter interrupts them, and Daisy looks at her so irritated, like, why did you interrupt my kiss? And Joy says, did she get a glimpse of Chris and Abby's smear campaign? This is exactly what I was worried about. And Basie answers her by saying, why? We'll just hit them back harder. There's a whole chapter in my book on mudsliding. And Amy says, no, we're not stomping to their lows. Government is about balance and order. We cannot do their petty ways to our... And Pacey says, I should write this stuff down. And Joey says, don't you think we should at least fight back? I mean, Joey did pour a pitch of water on Abby's head. And Andy says... And let Chris and Abby know that, and the whole school know that we reply to their emotional knee-jerk fashion. What kind of message is that sending out for our voters' com- confusion? And Joey says, okay, forget fighting back. I think we should stand up for ourselves. I mean, and Andy says, look, Joey, I know they got you, but we not let them miss the best of us. I know they're just words. They have no weight whatsoever. Now just look at the Bates issues and figure out our game plan. Winning will be our best revenge. And Pacey's like, she won my vote on a few bumper stickers ago. And Joey's like, what the The heck? next scene that we have is of Joey and Andy doing their speech. So there's a time lapse of the speech and how that goes. And they just continue talking time lapse, time lapse. We're not going to really get into all that. But we are going to get into how Abby ruins this. So Abby says it all comes down to one simple question. Who do you want to run your government? Us, the Geats, or little Miss Preppy and Convict's daughter? And Andy said that is not relevant to the issues, Abby. And Abby says... You said that since no one here knows your background, just bring everyone up to speed on your issues if that is relevant. And with me, your perceptive president has a mother who's about one shock treatment away from a permanent resident in Looney Bin. And Joey says, you know, for once, Abby, let's stick to the issue. Annie's personal life has no bearing on her abilities to handle the job as a sophomore class president. I love how they're still sophomores and this is what happens. And Abby says, uh, whatsoever. We have hard evidence that Andy's mom was responsible for the death of her older brother in a car crash less than a year ago. The fact of the matter is, Andy McPhee is a whack out note. And we all know the mental illness is is inherited to hers. So you do the math. The fact that she goes, but it's hereditary, so you do the math, makes me so mad. Like, what does that have to do with anything? Like, does that really have to do with your stupid sophomore campaign? And the counselor goes, Abby, that is quite enough. And Abby goes, hey, I was just trying to assemble the truth for the safety of my fellow students. And then she realized that Andy was crying, and she goes, Andy. And Andy runs away crying, and she says, I, um... I, um, I, um, that's how she does it for like a minute, and she runs away, and Pacey chase after her, which honestly makes me mad that Abby had the nerve to say any of that, like, there's a lot of things wrong with Abby, and we have talked about that in season one, episode, I believe, six or seven with the detention one, where Abby is just always trying to get into people's business basically and she really just 
set it off here that made me not like her even more. Because I'm like, first of all, that's none of your business. And second of all, why does it matter to you? And third of all, it's a sophomore campaign. Leave you stuff alone, man. So the next scene that we have is of, Aunt, of Joey. And Joey's running across campus to catch up with Jack. And Joey goes, hey. And Jack says, I can't find Andy. Have you seen her? Because he's obviously looking for his sister after what happened. And Joey says, you heard about the assembly? And Jack goes, yeah. And Joey says, look, I feel really stupid grilling you about your family, pressuring you for answers. I'm sorry, Jack. Because that's when she realized that the reason why she didn't get the answers to her sixth question wasn't because of his lucky number, but mostly because it was just personal. And Jack goes, Joey, I'm looking for my sister, not your sympathy. Dang, Muffy! And Joey says, I haven't seen her since the date. And Jack goes, great. And Joey says, is there anything I can do? And Jack says, my family situation is complicated, Joey, alright? It's not something I feel comfortable talking about, so see you later. And Joey keeps pushing it by saying, Jack, no, don't push me away, okay? I want to help you. Look, I've been through something like this before in my own family, and I understand. I feel like she did this because... Of Dawson, I feel like she already lost Dawson, so she didn't want to lose Jack. But Jack ends up yelling at her and saying, Okay, don't you get it? I didn't want to talk to you before, and I'm not now. And he says, God, and he walks away. Which, obviously, Joe is hurt by this, but it doesn't matter. Like, it was none of your business. Jack was so sweet in this scene, though. Like, he, he was mean about it, but he wasn't mean about it. I don't think Jack was ever mean in his whole entire life. Like, let's be honest here. Jack was a very sweet person in all throughout all the seasons, but except a few times with Jen. Like, sometimes he was a jerk, and... You know, I feel like even when he was yelling at her, it wasn't like, get off my back, like, you, it was more like, a, okay, don't, he didn't, like, press anything that was about her family, he just said, get away, and I feel like to Joey, that might have been hurtful, because she did lose Dawson recently, and now she feels like she's probably gonna lose Jack because of all this, but in reality, it was just him not wanting to talk to her, and her just pushing it, like, we don't need all of this pushing, Joey, like, Dawson pushed you a lot, and you didn't like that, so why are you pushing someone else, which, in another way, I can relate to that. What we have is Pacey going into the deserted halls and then going to the girls' bathroom and slightly opening it. And he goes, Andy, and then he shuts the bathroom door again. And he says, all right, I'm coming in here, so there's no confusion. I am a man, so if you have any adjustments, please speak now. Which, in season five, it's called Highway to Hell. Pacey, <laughs> Pacey goes, can't go in there that's the woman's bathroom and joey just pulls his ear and that's what it always reminds me of and pacey goes on there and he goes andy i know you're in there and he starts looking in the salts and he says L listen there's a whole chapter in my book on what to do when scandal woods breaks it's not such a big deal i mean you and i and then he spots her in the, in the stall and he said we can get through this and stands up like he kind of like crouches down and he before he says we can get through this and then he stands up and he says well what do you say and he opens the door revealing andy curled up on the stool and he says you and me andy and andy says did you know it's exactly six feet six inches from pitching the moon to the 
home point and Facey says, you okay, Miffy? And I, I love how he always points out the book thing. It really shows how much Pacey has changed for her. Like, it was simple because it wasn't like he was doing, like, a big thing. But he was doing research. And we have seen a couple of times where he has failed school. And he really, like, kind of stood up for, jo for Andy and made it work out because he loves her. And it's obvious. And Andy replies back with, Tim taught me that. He tried to teach me a curveball, too. Turns out, I throw like a girl. And Pacey says, come on, Miffy, let's get you out of here. And Andy says, oh my god, Pacey, I don't know. I mean, everyone knows about my mom and Tim. Let's, let's refer back to, um, what Andy said earlier, that teenagers just forget in two seconds. Not that simple, huh? And she continues by saying, how am I supposed to go into the hallways? I mean... Everyone's gonna look at me, and they're gonna all laugh, and Pacey says, they won't laugh at you, Andy. Everyone comes from a dessert family. It's the 90s. The only happy family in Severn, which I love how he points out, it's the 90s. Like, we don't have to point that out, like, we know. And Amy says, but it's all ruined. I mean, politics used to mean something. Now we're just a lessened society. No one cares about politics. I had to do a constitution in my class, which is going to make me sound really young. I'm a senior. And I don't like it because I don't care about any of the constitution or anything. I don't care about rights. And the show, this episode, is just reminding me about that. And Pacey replies back, Andy, this is high school. Trust me. Me, out of all people, this will all blow over. Tomorrow, everything will go back to normal. And Andy goes, normal? Oh my god. That's all I ever wanted. A normal family with a normal life. Balance and order. Order and balance. But you know, that never exists. Not anywhere. Not here. It's a big false hope. And Pacey says, hey, don't let you let be, your, be hard on your... Bleh. Don't you think you're being a little hard on yourself? Normal never exists. It never did. You just said it did. But okay. And Andy goes, hmm. And then she looks in the mirror, like she looks in the mirror. She says, wow, look at me. I'm a mess. I'm a total, complete mess. I hate this. I really hate this. And she throws the book that Pacey has been talking about every single scene that we see with him. And she throws it in the mirror and then walks out of the bathroom. Like, hey! I remember the first time I saw this, I literally had to rewind the whole scene. But first of all, because Pacey was being adorable in the scene. But second of all, because my mouth was literally covering with my hands. I was like, what the heck just happened here? But, like, Pacey was so sweet because he knew that how it felt to have someone talk about someone else. Because in last season, we saw how Pacey and Tamara's rumor got spread out, and he was so embarrassed. But in this episode, he knew how how Andy felt, because he's been through this. And and he goes, like, it's gonna be normal. And then he's like, what's normal? And then she gets all mad. But honestly, he did the right thing, and he did all his research, but Andy just had all these big feelings, like, bottling up and bottling up and bottling up and then finally it just exploded which we're gonna see again later and I feel like we see Pacey just standing there like what the heck just happened but and truth of the matter it was a big scene and we all had that like shock feeling I'm sure and it's 
unusual because Andy likes things in a perfect way. That's how people are with um, OCD or anything else, especially with anxiety. Like we like things, we like to know what happens. When things don't go our way, we have panic attacks, we have anxiety attacks, we have all these attacks. And that's probably how Annie was feeling. She was probably feeling like her heart was beating out of her chest. And it just was not working out for her favor. And that is exactly what happened in this So scene. the next scene that we have is of, is of Joey and Pacey, I believe. So it cuts to the school and Chris and Abby are on the announcements. And Chris is talking, like, I brought the... Eastern champion starts to Cape Side to now approach my president with the same drive. So let's face the facts. There's only one trip here. And Abby goes, remember, do you want the other losers running your school? And Joe, Joe goes, Andy, we can walk out right now. I mean, they're still dignity and resigning. And they're behind Abby and Chris. And Andy goes, no, I'm fine. I can do this. Andy, you just threw a book in a mirror. Don't say you're okay. And Abby goes, so let's get your butts, get, so get off your butts and vote for Kristen Abby and enjoy your ride. And she turns off the announcement mic and she goes, Abby, Abby says, it's a lock, it's as locked up as your, as Joey's father. Scheduled says, gahoo, gahoo bird and the comfort, comfort daughter. And what's next? And up our next. And Andy goes, I can do this. And Joey says, ready? And, uh, and Andy nods her head. And Joey pushed the button and the mic goes on. And Andy doesn't say anything. And Andy says, I can't do this. I'm sorry. And she just runs out. And Abby then says, gosh, I hope it wasn't something I said. It was all in the good old fashioned politics. And Chris goes, I'm going to. Go, I'm going to kiss some babes. And Abby says, It's babies, you idiot. And Chris goes, My way, a lot more fun. And Pacey signs and walks towards the chair in front of the mic. And he pushes the button without Abby knowing. And he goes, Abby, so what's your deal here? And the whole school can hear the conversation, by the way. Why are you stumbling as vice president for that guy when you were obviously the brains behind the campaign? And Abby goes, I'll let you in on a little secret, sport. I'm just here to, on the walking for his popularity and unamility, un I'll destroy him. And again, this is a sophomore campaign, but okay. Is this for like the whole school? Is there not more people? Obviously, like, is there only like sophomore class? And Jen and Dawson hear this, so we see that. And Abby continues by saying, just like I destroyed your little girlfriend. It's just so easy, and the victory is so much sweeter, and we have to talk all about the other people. I'm going to rule this school. <laughs> no, you're not. And you will, you and all the other half-wits are too stupid to stop me. And Pacey says, yeah, you're probably right. I mean, I'm so stupid I didn't know when I pressed the button on this little thing that has your annoying last few line was broadcasted all over the school. Oh, wait a minute. That's exactly what I meant to do. Sorry, my bad. And then to Kenny, he says, school's all your pal. And then Kenny goes, yes. Which, I love that. 
Like, go Pacey. He stood up for Andy because he knew that's what he needed to do. And that's my favorite part about it because he doesn't do it because he felt like he needed to do it. But he did it because he knew it was good. Because, honestly, we can tell in this whole episode that Pacey loves Andy. Which, obviously, this is a whole podcast about Joey and Pacey. But this is Pacey as an individual. And it really does, like soften him his heart a little bit because I feel like season one Pacey would do this but I feel like he wouldn't do it as extreme as he did in this episode so he needed Andy in order to get this side of Pacey if you know what the I mean. next scene that we have is of Joey and it cuts to the ice house where Joey is locking up and Jack walks behind her and Jack goes can I walk can I walk you home and Joey says sure and Jack says, Joey, I owe you an apology. I mean, it's a tough couple of days. I know that's no excuse for acting like it. Beep. Can we just get onto the fact that Jack actually apologized, but Dawson never does? So, Jack, you're already ahead of the game. And Joey says, I want to be there for you, Jack. But you kind of shook me off. Opening conversations. We've never seen this with Joey and Dawson. So here we are with Joey and Jack. And we're actually seeing a normal conversation for once. And Jack says, yeah, well, when things get rough, I tend to go on, you know, protect my family and no one else. It's kind of second nature. Joey says, I understand. It's just, I wish you let me in, which he kind of was willing himself, Joey, just let it go. And Jack says, Joey, um, I can't allow the lead tree of opening up. I mean, with my brother gone and my father missing in action, my mother and sister, they depend on me, you know? To be the rock and, I don't know, sometimes I feel like I can't explain it. It's just, my whole life is one big secret. And Joey opens up by saying, You know, when my mother was dying, I had this friend who was amazing, aka Dawson. And, you know, a lot of the times, I didn't feel like talking. And, you know, we would just sit there and sometimes for hours and never say a word, you know? It helped. It's, it's like being in the same place I knew that everything was going to be okay. And towards the end, when things got bad, he would just reach out and hold my hand. And she reaches out and holds Jack's hand. Which I feel like Jack really needed that, but I feel like Joey needed that. To remind herself that she had a friend, even though that Dawson wasn't there. Because I feel like sometimes when we lose a best friend, it's hard because we don't really know how it's going to work out. But I feel like Dawson wasn't there, but Joey really needed a friend to be there for her she needed someone to open up to her because Dawson never like did that like Dawson and Joey would just kind of fight about things but they would never like they would bicker but they would never really open up it's like when Joey kissed Jack like she never she didn't feel like she could open up to him she didn't feel like she could say hey I kissed Jack and it wasn't because of the full moon it was because I really needed to like, it, it just sort of happened, and I need to tell you this, because I feel like you should know. Instead, she was scared, because she was afraid of his reaction. And I feel like that was one of my biggest red flags. If you're scared to tell your partner a reaction, because you're afraid that he's going to get mad, like, super-duper mad, shouldn't that be a red flag? But, and... I feel like with Jack, she always could open up to him in season two. And obviously in season three, we have Pacey, which I feel like she could always open up to Pacey. Even in season one, we see that. And I feel like in this scene, Joey as an individual needed someone to open up to her. And I feel like this conversation will come up more in the next season and the next season because 
We see how Joey desperately needed someone to understand that it wasn't just about them. It was about her. And she needed someone to talk to because we all know that Joey isn't open up. She doesn't open up very much. And I feel like that's one of the reasons why Dawson and Joey never end, like, end up talking that much. Um, but I also feel like that's why they broke up a lot. I feel like that's also why Pacey and Joey broke up a lot. Because she couldn't talk to people. And there is a guy in season 6, Eddie, who she dated for a while. And they never talked this much. So I feel like Joey, as an individual, needed someone who got that, hey... This girl needs me to talk to her because she's missing that part. She needs that part because of her mom and her dad and her sister. I feel like Bessie was a good, like, person for that. But also, it was her sister, so there wasn't really that much that she could talk to. I feel like she did open up more with Jen, but that's a whole different story as well. She could talk to Andy, but we already discussed that Andy and her couldn't really be friends because... You know, things happen. Andy was dating Pacey, so there was a lot of things going on. But I feel like Joey just needed someone to say, Hey, you can talk to me whenever. You can hold my hand for hours if you need to. And it wasn't just about Dawson. It wasn't about that old friend. It was about that need and that want. We all have desires, and that was her desire. The last scene that we see kind of involves Pacey, but I want to point this out a little bit. Um, so Andy is on the phone with Pacey. She's been crying and she's in the bathroom. And I wanted to discuss this scene because Pacey actually calls her. Which I feel like that's such a Pacey thing. But Andy is taking her medicine. And she says, hello. Hey Pacey. Yeah, I feel a lot better now. And she opens the cabinet and you see the medicine bottle. And she goes, no, um, tonight. Because obviously... Andy needs someone, and I wonder, I wish that we got to see, like, Pacey's reaction to this, but sadly we didn't, and she said, I don't think so, and she opens up the bottle, and she puts some in her hand, she said, yeah, it's just not a good time, yeah, I'll leave that to my old up tomorrow, though, I promise, okay, bye, and she takes the medicine, and that was the end of episode 9. But I really feel like Andy was really struggling in this. And Pacey did such a good do job. And I feel like Joey was struggling with this. And she did a good job with not only protecting Jack. But also protecting Jack's brother Andy. So I feel like those two combined were really a good scene. But I also wanted to talk about how I wanted to know. Is Jack and Andy twins? Because I've been trying to figure this out. So, yeah. If you liked this episode, please make sure to give it a big thumbs up. Make sure to subscribe to the YouTube channel where I will be posting every Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. And I hope that you enjoyed this episode. Make sure to follow my Instagram, Twitter, and Potter, and my TikTok, Pacey and Joey. And I'll catch you next time. Bye, guys.